Well, good morning. It is good to see each of you and Happy New Year. It is now 2023. Lots of developments have happened over uh, my lifetime. Lots of developments have probably happened over your lifetime. What you see up here is is uh, a cell phone that probably came out in the, I don't know if those were early 90s, maybe, maybe late 80s. Um, those are, they called those the brick phone. It was uh, basically a brick that you, you carried around. You could definitely not put that in your pocket. Um, but technology has, has just increased as, as the years have gone by, and that's a, a nice thing. But sometimes uh, it, can be, it can be frustrating. Um, used to, we used to have uh, something called voicemail, and you could go, or actually we had answering machines, right? You would go home, and you would have a, a button flashing on your phone if you had an answering machine. Not a button flashing on your phone, but on the answering machine. It would flash, and you'd, you'd push the button, and it would tell you a voicemail uh, and, uh, someone that called you. People couldn't leave you texts or anything like that, and so you would typically get that message whenever the, the call came through. That was pretty neat. Then it went to voicemail where uh, maybe you picked up your phone, and your phone might have had a, it would beep a couple times, and you'd call in your voicemail, and now you have it on your phone, and a lot of times I miss my uh, voicemails because it goes to a folder or it goes to a part of my app that I just don't uh, access too much. Plus, people don't leave voicemails all that often. But we want to uh, receive calls that are important to us. And if someone does leave us a voicemail, if it's important, we want to make sure we get that call. This past May, I was in Turkey, and I love to say that because it always bothers Sydney. She says, you're always talking about Turkey and Greece and stuff like that. Quit talking about that. But anytime I can tell it, just to, just to drive her crazy. There you go. I'll tell you. I was in Turkey, and I got a call, or I missed a call from my home insurance, like my homeowner's insurance or warranty company, and they were going to pay me for uh, an air conditioning unit, but I had to uh, talk to them and approve what they were going to pay me. And it was, it was going to pay for the, the air conditioner, a lot of it. So I needed to make sure I got that call. And I had a voicemail from them that said that they needed me to answer the phone. They didn't know I was in Turkey, uh, another, another country on my phone. But I realized I wanted to make sure I answered the phone. And so I had my phone ready to answer any calls from New Jersey, that's where the home warranty company is from. I don't typically answer calls from New Jersey, but this one I was wanting to. And so it was an important call. And they got it, even if I was going to pay a little bit of money by answering a call in a foreign country, I answered it and everything was cleared up. I answered the call. When people call you, they want to do about three different things. One of, one of three things. Either they're calling you to give you good news, they're calling you to give you bad news, or they're calling you because they want you to do something. That's typically what our calls are. Good news, bad news, or they want something from you. They want to do something for you, or they want you to do something for them. And as we've moved into 2023... 
I want you to think about the calls that you are getting, not calls from uh, people saying, Have your, is your car warranty uh, up? No, not those calls, but the calls that God is giving to you this year. Calls to be His people. Calls to go out and do His goodwill. What is God calling you to do this year? On Wednesday night, John gave a devotional about how we got our Wednesday night, or not our, how we got our monthly calendar, our calendar from, from January to December. And it was pretty good. And if you weren't here Wednesday night, you missed out because it was a pretty interesting thing of how John, how John told us how we got our calendar from January to December. And as today starts 2023, I thought it would be interesting to say, to, to tell you how we got our calendar, not just from the months, but how the years got started. And when that was implemented, and most of us in here all have a pretty good idea that 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 number was given to us based on when Jesus was born. And this happened back in 525. There was a monk that was born in what's present day Romania, and his name is uh, his name is uh, Dionysius. Anytime it's I get a Greek name, I have to I've said it to myself all week and then I have to go look at it. Dionysius. And he decided what needed to happen was we needed to judge our time. We needed to tell our time based on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And so he was going to say all of time needed to be split from everything before Jesus Christ to everything after Jesus came to this earth. And the reason why he did that is because how they told time before him was based on kings. And so they would do, it's been this many years from this king or this many years from this dynasty. And what Dionysius decided was we were going to do time based on the king of kings, the lord of lords. So how was he going to figure out how long it's been since Jesus was born? Well, thankfully, he had a lot of records that he could look up. And it was pretty easy for him to look up the records of the Caesars and how long it's been since the Caesars had reigned. And the Caesar during Jesus' birth and right after Jesus' birth, it's well documented when they took reign, when they took, took office, when they were, were, were the, the kings or the leaders of the land. And so what Dionysius decided to do is he went to the Bible, and he used the Bible to find out when Jesus, and just finding pinpoint accuracy of when Jesus was born and came to this earth. And so Luke chapter 3 verse 1 says, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, of son of Zechariah, in the wilderness, which is John the Baptist. And so what, what Dionysius decided to do is he looks at that and he realizes that Luke wanted to make abundantly sure that we knew when Jesus came to this, to this earth and he gave us all the names of the people that were in power. And what he was able to do is he could look at, the, look at where uh, the exact date that Tiberius, 
Caesar took office or became, became uh, Caesar, became the emperor. And that date was August 19th, 0014. Now, it didn't really have a date because they didn't do dates back then. And that's why Luke didn't tell us a date because they didn't have dates back then. But he looked at it, but, and, and so he looked at it, and that would be the date, 0014, August 19th. And then he goes and he looks at other parts of Luke where Luke says how old Jesus was when he started his ministry. And it says Jesus began his ministry when he was about 30 years old. And so he puts this together and he realizes that it was 2,000, well, 525 years to the day that, or not to the day, but to the year that Jesus walked this earth. And then it's give or take maybe a couple years based on what does Luke mean by was about 30. But we have a pretty good, accurate idea of when Jesus was born. Within a few years. And probably it was pretty close to that. 2023, 2023 years since Jesus was born. 1,990 years since his resurrection and ascension. And so as we have been going, 1,990 years since Jesus was resurrected Lord. What do we see? What is it calling us to do? Well, if you look at what it's called... It, it, when, when, when Dionysius decided to create this calendar, this timeline for us, he said it was 525 A.D. What does A.D. mean? That means Anno Domini. That's what A.D. means. Anno Domini. 2,023 years since Jesus is Lord of our lives. And what's interesting is there's so many people that, that know that Jesus is their Lord, that know that Jesus is their King. That's what we sang here. He is highly exalted. And yet others in this world also despise that Jesus is their Lord. Jesus is the King. And what's been happening is there's even been a push in, in the United States the past 20 years as they've been pushing away from, from saying Jesus is our Lord, Jesus is our King, and, and they try to act as if we're not in the year of our Lord. And so they've changed Anno Domini to CE, or the Common Era. But no matter if you decide that it's in the year of the Lord or if you call it the Common Era, we know that Jesus reigns. And we know that there will be a time when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. For 2,023 years, we have lived in the reign of Jesus Christ. And now he calls us, what are we going to do? What are we going to do for him? One of the things that Peter tells us, and Peter was someone that was called by God. He knows what we're called to do, and so he tells the people back then this, and he tells us this today in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Jesus is calling us and he's calling us to declare his righteousness, to declare his majesty, to declare that he is the Lord. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to declare Jesus. We're called to to leave our life of darkness and called to go and tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. Some of us are willing to do that, but others still choose to live in that darkness. Others choose to act as if Jesus is not Lord of their life, and that's where you get people that are saying, well, it's not A.D., the year of our Lord, but it's the common era, C.E. It's just just time as, as we know it. So often people try to, to remove the Anno Domini. And so often we do that ourselves. That we choose to act as if Jesus is not Lord of our life. We might come here and we might, uh, we might worship Him, but there's other parts of our life where we choose, well, I'm going to live for myself. I'm going to have my own selfish thoughts. Selfish actions. Jesus might be Lord of our Sunday, but maybe He's not Lord of our Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturday. And so often, when we're called out of darkness, called to declare Jesus to all the nations, to all this world, so often we only choose to make Him our Lord on one day of the week or on one part of our life. I know that's an issue that I can have is I decide when I'll follow Christ and when I'll follow my own selfish actions. Peter understood what it meant to follow Jesus. Peter understood what it meant to declare who he was. And Peter also understood what it meant to fail sometimes. And to not claim Him as His Lord and Savior. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. One of the things that is so interesting about our God and so great about our God is while He is God, and He could have come to all just the noble people, all the great people, He came to all of us ordinary people that just walk this, this, this earth trying to Be a child of His. These ordinary people that God calls us to do incredible things for and God tells us to come out of this darkness and to find how to be great, how to be extraordinary. The message that Jesus gives us is a great message. It's it's a message that so many people would love to hear. It's a message of love. It's a message of kindness. 
a message to all the world. And then Jesus also did incredible things. What, how, how incredible is it that we have a lifeline? We have access to the creator of this world. And if we're sick, we can go and we can ask him for healing. If we're troubled, we can ask him for peace. And he's out there and there's a lot of wonderful things that we can just reach out to God. He's a good God. Jesus never had problems drawing a crowd. His teachings were, were uh, earth, earth changing, earth moving. His healings. He would feed people. Jesus never had problem getting a big crowd. In Mark chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to a lake. And a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard about what he was doing, many of the people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, and the other regions around the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because, the crowd he told, because of the crowd, he told the disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed so many with the diseases and they were pushing forward trying to touch him whenever impure spirits saw him they fell down before him and cried out you are the son of god but he gave strict orders not to tell others about him jesus never had problems finding big crowds but jesus didn't live his life trying to please a crowd or trying to get a crowd jesus jesus didn't love crowds but he did love the people in the crowds and so you see Jesus, sometimes he would go, like in this story, he would, he would kind of be in a secluded place. But the crowds would follow him. And even though Jesus wasn't a fan of huge crowds, he never would turn the people away. We like big crowds in the church that's something that we want and and i think that can be a good thing one of the reasons why we would want a crowd here one of the reasons we look and say oh there was a lot of people here on sunday or 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 we we focus on crowds is i think we focus on wanting people to hear the message of jesus wanting people to be pointed to christ wanting souls to be saved that's one of the reasons why we have big crowds that's or why we strive to have big crowds but the problem with crowds is we also might try to please the crowd. Jesus was never concerned with pleasing the crowd. Jesus was concerned with pointing the crowd towards God. That's why whenever Jesus draw, drew a big crowd, it, it John told, tells us in John chapter 2, verse 23, it says, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover, many began to trust Him. But Jesus didn't trust them because He knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. What Jesus realized was people weren't coming to him because they wanted to be a part of what he was doing. People were coming to Jesus because they wanted something from him. They wanted the good, but they didn't want the hard parts of making him Lord, meaning that means we have to sacrifice some of What's going on in our life? Jesus knew what people were after, and, and we understand what that feels like. I have an acquaintance that often calls me just when he wants something from me. 
And we've all uh, experienced that when, when you realize someone's only calling you because they want something from you. It's one of the reasons I don't have a truck. <laughs> People that have trucks say, hey, uh, <laughs> haven't talked to you in a while, but can you help me move this or that, right? And often we are those people that want something and so we contact people when we want something. Jesus wanted us to be more than just fans of His. He wanted us to follow Him. He wanted us to be part of His mission with Him. He wants us to go in this world not just as His fans, not just as His crowd, but He wants us to be part of it. And so one of the things that Jesus did in his ministry is he pulls people out of the crowd. People that become what, what he calls his disciples, his followers. People that are going to go a little bit extra mile to follow him, to go to these secluded places, to live the life that he's calling us to live, to pull themselves out of the darkness into the wonderful light, to be able to declare the wonderful things that Jesus does for us, the wonderful things that our God does for us. And he takes these people, these disciples that have been following him. And then he makes something even more special, a, a special office for certain disciples. In verse 13 it says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to, them, to him those he wanted. And they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him, that they might send them out, that he might send them out to preach, and to have the authority to drive out demons. This special group of people were were, were a group that Jesus is going to call out to him to do a couple of things. One, they were going to preach the message of Jesus. But more than that, they were going to live with Jesus. Probably seeing, being with him each and every day for almost two full years. To listen to his teachings, to ask him questions. He would go and he would preach these, these uh, sermons and, and these teachings to the crowds. And then he would take this group of apostles and he would explain exactly what that meant. And then he gave these apostles something that was even uh, more special. He gave them the ability to do some of the miraculous things that he could do. He gave them abilities to heal people and he gave them abilities to cast demons out. These are abilities that he specially handed over to this set of 12. And these apostles were going to be the foundation of starting the church. Now, Jesus is the cornerstone. It's all based on Jesus. But the apostles had those years of training along with the Holy Spirit that dwelled within them that they were able to tell the teachings of Jesus. Jesus never wrote down one teaching that we know of, right? We, there's, not a, there's not a letter from Jesus. But all of what the apostles told us and everything that we have in our Bible are, are based on the apostles' teachings. And so if any teaching that comes out in this world today doesn't line up with the apostles' teaching, it doesn't line up with what Jesus set as the authority. 
So everything that we do, all that we practice, goes into, has to, has to make sure it matches with what the apostles taught. And if it doesn't, then we're in the wrong. These 12 men did incredible things for Jesus. They, became, they were fans of Jesus, and then later they became followers of Jesus, and then later they became his apostles, and they lived in this world with him. But what was incredible about each of these guys is they were just ordinary men. Ordinary men that just wanted to go the extra mile and follow him. And what's beautiful about it is all of their stories are documented. But they weren't just perfect people. They were flawed people. They had different personalities and different quirks. And one of the things that we're going to do over the next 12 weeks is we're going to talk about each one of these guys. As much as we know about it from what the Bible says, and then we'll probably pull out some of what, what history might, might say about these guys. But we're going to see how their personalities match a lot of ours. How their failures match a lot of ours. How their triumphs can match a lot of ours. And what we'll do is we'll see how we can live a life like them. As Jesus called us, to do certain things. He called these 12 to do different things in, in their life, to, to praise His name. To, he called them out of their darkness to declare His majesty. And these are the 12 men that He called. It says, There are the 12 He appointed, Simon, whom He gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, his brother John, who gave the name the Sons of Thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. Each of these people Jesus called out. Called out to declare the wonderful light that Jesus offers. And today, in 2023, he calls you out. Not to be an apostle, but to be one of his messengers, to be an ambassador for him. What's he calling you to do this, this day? Hopefully he's calling you to give him his life, or give him your life. If you haven't done that, I would encourage you to be baptized into him, have your sins washed away with him, and be raised eternally as he was raised. Or maybe... You just need to remember to make Him Lord of your life. Not just part of your life, but all of your life. If there's anything we can help you with today, please come while we stand and sing.